Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Do you bleed green? Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. <laughs> This is Birds 365, hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. Here we go, here we go. Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50 plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack and join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go. Let's go. Go. And a good Tuesday morning, or is it, Birds fans? Uh, the first time that John McMullen and Jody McDonald have had to do a post-Eagles loss Birds 365 in 10 months. Uh, yeah, it seemed like uh, about four years ago that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers beat the uh, Eagles in the wild card round of last year's playoffs. But that's the first time we've come on after an Eagle loss in a 10-month period of wow. time. Seems yeah. lo- Does it seem longer than that, Johnny Mac? Uh, it's, it's a long time. Uh, we're not counting preseason, huh? I, I, we, I don't even remember preseason. But, uh, yeah, I, I you know overreaction uh, and they're screwing everything up with the schedule overreaction Tuesday. I'm excited. Let's overreact. <laughs> no, we'll, we'll try and skim back a little bit on the overreaction. And I said at the tone right before uh, you jumped in. Oh, that that's one of the reasons why I do this job is to deal with the overreaction. Sometimes wins are overreacted to and Super Bowl parade routes are laid in place. Uh, <laughs> it, it, couple of minutes into the start of a season and yes uh, the sky is falling woe is us uh after losses and yeah, i'm gonna do something that i can't stand i will point out the fact that the referees did kind of hurt the eagles last night now that's not the main reason that they lost the game but it is one of the reasons they lost the game and that is a uh, lament that i always have about the way fans react to uh, games <laughs> yeah you're ever gonna hear that from me ever 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 Am I ever going to complain about officials? Did they miss uh, a big call? Yeah, they missed a big call. Um, okay. 
Uh, they miss big calls. Right. Yeah. You, you have to acknowledge it. You just yeah. can't hang an entire loss on exactly. the referees missing a call. Oh, there are plenty of things that the Eagles didn't do well enough yeah. or did flat out badly last night. And we'll talk about them all. Um, and one of which, John, maybe because we've been doing it for the last several weeks and sometimes take grief for me on the, my phone lines, on social media, for us together, on our uh, feed. We, from time to time, point out what the Eagles hadn't been doing right this season. And mm. you get to the point where you go, yeah, but they won. Yeah, but they won. Yeah, but they won. And people think you're just nitpicking and being negative and being a hater. Oh, no. We, we pointed out that this wasn't a good tackling team, despite the fact that they were 8-0. And guess what, John? They weren't a good tackling team last night, and they paid the price for it. Now, and, you know, it, it, it's on the Jacob Post game show. Um, D. Gunn asked me about that. You know, from the first, and I obviously I have to watch the game again. Um, I didn't think it was as bad as Houston tackling wise. Um, uh, but they're not a good tackling team. I mean, there's no question about that. They they have to think about shifting a little bit without Jordan Davis to more three linebacker looks uh, it's time to get the shrink wrap off nicobe dean especially when you see what's coming up uh from a running back perspective nothing against brian robinson but i mean that was like three yards in a cloud of dust all night uh, it's just these short effective runs you know you get three and a half yards of carry you got a first down right and that's pretty much, I think their longest run was 11 yards. I mean, it wasn't, they weren't gashing them like Damian Pierce was gashing him in Houston. But I mean, they're, they're not a good run defending team. And it, also when you counter, Avante Maddox is now, now out and he was placed on injury reserve before the game. So you don't even have your slot quarter, cornerback to do what you want to do. Typically, he's a very good player if Avante was out there even though he has some tackling issues as well, I'd probably have a different uh, take on it. But now you're talking about Josiah Scott in there, and you have N'Kobe Dean, and you can't stop the run. I, you can count on one hand, Jody, how many times this team has put three linebackers on the field at the same time. I'm not talking about Hassan Reddick. Don't get caught up in that nonsense. Hassan Reddick's not a traditional linebacker. I'm talking about traditional linebackers um and and they're gonna have to think about that at least until jordan davis comes back because they're not good they're not good at stopping the run bottom line well and part for me uh not being a good tackling team is at the point of attack they got manhandled last night and this washington offensive line is not one of the superior offensive lines in the National Football League. In most of the statistical categories coming in, they were buried in the 20s, yards per game, yards per carry, whatever number you wanted to look at. Uh, This was not a highly rated offensive line. Oh, they absolutely won the battle in the trenches. Their offensive line (laughs) against the Eagles' defense, make it line, make it linebacker, whoever you want to put into that mix, they lost at the point of attack. And yeah. that, to me, also comes into tackling. I think most of the time we think of tackling as uh, plays made down the field by linebackers or safeties and like. No, tackling can be right in the middle of the defensive line. Fletcher Cox got pushed around last night. 
And that yeah. is also tackling for me. And the Eagles came up awfully small in that uh, regard. Yeah, I mean, they ran it 49 times for 152 yards, 3.1 yards per carry. But they, all they did was what they needed to do. And they, they were able to run it so many times. In theory, when you run it that many times, you know, hey, the light goes off. All right, they're going to run it. Basically, their whole offense was, we're going to run it or we're going to throw it occasionally all play action to Terry McLaurin, who was wide open all night. But that's another issue. Um, as as far as far as far as the running game, yeah, it's very frustrating. I brought up Leroy. You remember Leroy Horde, uh, Jody? Yeah. It, a great quote, one of my favorite quotes ever. He was a tremendous uh, back earlier in his career with Cleveland. And then later in his career with Minnesota, he was a very, he was maybe the best short yardage back I've ever seen. He was phenomenal at it. And he joked, you need a yard, I'll get you three yards. You need five yards, I'll get you three yards. <laughs> that's that's who he was. And that reminded me of Washington last night. I mean, they just meticulously, every time, just enough, just enough, just enough, just enough. And, yeah, the Eagles got pushed around up front. And, you know, I hear so many people don't, who it's still to this day, and I've tried to do it. Sometimes I feel like, you know, I'm the only one trying to do it on Birds 365. I know you understand. But it's not about the number of snaps with Jordan Davis. It's about turning first and 10 in the second and 10 or second and nine or second and 11. If you do something great behind the sticks, not turning first and 10 into second and five or second and six even. And then you have third and three and it becomes so much more difficult for not, for not only every defense, but especially the way this defense wants to play. He's so impactful to what they want to do. And now you've seen it for two consecutive games. You've seen it, how impactful he is to what they want to do. He's not splashy. He doesn't play a lot of snaps. He doesn't have a lot of statistics. But he's so important, and it's only going to get worse when you have Jonathan Taylor this week and Aaron Jones. And again, people assume he's going to be back for Tennessee. He's eligible to be back against Tennessee. There's no guarantee he's back against Tennessee. And and then you talk about Saquon Barkley as well. So down the stretch, it's almost, you know, that's kind of like the football gods. They screw with you, right? And and you're having trouble doing something. And all of a sudden, here comes Taylor. And here comes Jones. And here comes uh, Henry. And here comes Barkley. So you better figure it out. You better figure it out quickly. Yeah, they they blatantly miss uh, Jordan Davis. If uh, you haven't been able to figure that out, you're not paying close enough attention. Um, they're just not the same defense against the run when he's in there uh, than when he's standing on the sidelines. Uh, and yes, that was more of a reason that they lost the game. The fact that they lost the battle in the trenches, which they haven't done uh, the first eight games of this season. But oh, by the way, you mentioned Taylor. Taylor, the quarterback last night, made some big plays. And you can watch this guy play and go, all right, he's no John Elway. There's no Brett Favre howitzer attached to his right shoulder. He doesn't throw the ball effectively uh, hard or downfield. 
but he throws it accurately. And given time, and the Eagles did not get near enough pressure, he can step into his throws and deliver the football where he wants. Sometimes a little too much air underneath it. The Eagles had a pick last night. They could add a couple more. Uh, because yeah, That one drew some... rain. It was clear, but that one drew rain. Yeah, uh, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson could have come from Delaware and gotten that one. Yeah, agreed. Um, but he did also make some good passes and the guy that he took advantage of was Darius Slay, two of the, yeah. uh, the biggest named Eagles, two of the highest paid Eagles, came up pretty small last night. Fletcher Cox was almost non-existent in the middle of that Eagle defense. And Darius Slay got burnt last night. And Slay's having a great year. And he's one of the best cornerbacks in the National Football League. He wasn't last night. And I know he had some fun with you media guys this week talking about the great hands of the Eagles secondary. Well, you got to be able to get your hands on it to show off your hands. And when you're giving a cushion up front on short passing plays and then getting beat over the top on long passing plays, doesn't matter how good your hands are, Darius, if you're chasing down Terry McLaurin from three yards behind. Yeah, he did not have a good game. Uh, but again, I mean, the Eagles play so much zone coverage and so much quarters coverage, and it might be cover six on specific play. I mean, you know, people see guys, this is the problem with zone coverage. This is why it drives, it drives me crazy. I mean, it looks on, you know, if you're watching the game, it looks like, oh, Slay's getting beat. Well, you're supposed to hand off, you know, the, the the player in the zone to the, the you know and it's so communication based and the eagles have generally been pretty good at it and last night they were not good at it uh, but, but just mclaurin i mean for whatever reason they can't stop terry mclaurin um so i'm i'm by no stretch of the imagination am i saying slay played well because he didn't and he's part of that communication by the way um so I'm sure there were a number of receptions, and he took, you know, when we were talking to him after the game, he the on the forty, I believe it was forty-one, the the forty-one yard gain he t he he took blame for, and that was on him. And he said, you know, good on good, he got me. Yeah, you know, he's a very good player. Terry McLaurin's a very good player. I've talked True. about him in the offseason. Very good receiver. But the Eagles have have done, you know, Justin Jefferson. I mean. Nothing against Terry, not Justin Jefferson. And they were able to do a better job on him. For whatever reason, um, they have trouble with Terry McLaurin. They had trouble with Terry McLaurin again. But, I mean, the, the communication wasn't there. This, you know, it was interesting because I the Eagles were the most well-rounded team in the NFL. I talked about it for nine weeks. And this was an incredibly well-rounded loss in that, Everybody contributed. I mean, the offense was terrible. The game plan was terrible. The defense was terrible. The special teams is always terrible. It was incredibly well-rounded to contribute to this loss. And they still should have won the game. They still, you know, Quez, I, I firmly believe if Quez Watkins doesn't fumble that football after the 50-yard game, the Eagles are going in to score. They had so many opportunities. Um, you know, Washington was trying to hand them back the game and they didn't take it. They didn't take it. That, that to me is the biggest story really is they went eight 
eight games, nine weeks, and, and they never had one of these lulls. And we kept saying, uh, you know, that's – I kept saying – it was pretty amazing. They never had these lulls. You see it around the NFL. We talk about it all the time. No matter how good you, have, you, you are, you have these lulls in these in these games. And whether you're Kansas City, whether you're Buffalo, whoever you think is a good team, everybody has these lulls. The Eagles never had one. And boom, it showed up in a big way. They took that team for granted. They didn't respect that team. And they got their, you know what, handed to them because of that. We've, we've seen Eagle lulls in games when they've had big leads and not done much in the second half of games when they could have stepped on guys' throats and, and didn't, but still won games. So you don't pay as much attention to them because at the end of the day, when you hang the W, you go, all right, who cares that we went uh, the entire second half without scoring? No, this was a lull for an entire game, and that's what cost them this particular game. I, I won't go, they should have won, but I will surely say they could have won. You're right, the Quez fumble was a, a, a backbreaker. They made a heck of a play to come up with the catch, but then you got to be able to secure the football and put it away afterwards, and he did not. And you and I have talked plenty over the last two months about No luck involved. By the way, the football gods again got pissed at Nick Sirianni and Jonathan Kennedy. No luck involved. How about the official ripping the freaking face mask off Dallas Goddard? Is that bad luck? They missed that call right. causing a fumble. Is that bad luck, Nick Sirianni and Jonathan Gannon? It, it sure as heck is. And yeah. uh, call it luck. Call them randomness. Call them whatever you want. Yeah, there was a little bad luck involved on Eagles side last night. But it will also self-inflicted wounds i'm sorry the quez watkins fumble is oh, a yeah. self-inflicted wound oh, far you more. Yeah. That. i mean they would they, they played what and even you know the one thing they did well last night was run the football and they didn't run the football they they, they, they ran it four times in the first half and and brian baldinger put up you know one of his uh clips on twitter early this morning i already saw it all four were effective, basically, and they're not running the football. They're not running the football, and they're running tempo, and they're trying to get the passing game going, and it's all great because they think they're so good. And A.J. Brown gets hurt. That's part of it as well, and they still didn't shift. And Nick Sirianni took the blame after the game. He said, you know, we should have made a change earlier. The coaching is a big part of it as well. For the first time this year, they were soundly, soundly outcoached. Right. Uh, and and one side of the football affects the other. And that's why I'm not going to be as critical as uh, maybe Brian Boulding and you and others have been about their lack of running in the first half. They didn't have the ball. You can't run the ball if you don't have the ball. They spent the entire first half basically standing on the sidelines because they get a short field after the turnover, the big play by Josh Sweat. And then no. Washington just kept grinding out first down after first down after first down on third down conversions, no less, when the Eagles couldn't get off the field. You can't run it if you don't have it. And they didn't have it enough to run it as much as they effectively wanted to. And I'll even give them credit for it. trailing in the second half. They did stand. They, they went back to the run. They emphasized the run. The touchdown drive was miles left, miles right, miles up the middle. And then all of a sudden, Devontae Smith over for a touchdown pass. So they can do it and they should do it. And they know that they should do it. The defense contributed to their lack of running the football last night because the defense couldn't get off the field. 
the the, well, the offensive that, machine, that, the Taylor Heineke offensive machine of the Washington Commanders, and you can't get off the field. Come on, defense. Yeah, well, that's true. I mean, the defense couldn't get off the field, but you can't you can't just dismiss the offense as part of that as well. They, you know, the one long drive. So you're right about Josh Sweat. So then Washington goes down and ties the game. So then the Eagles go up 14-7. So they start that drive with a Miles Sanders run. Then it's pass, 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 pass. And they scored. What was the final play? And they scored. Uh, Touchdown. Uh, All right. Well, you're, you're going to knock that possession? Uh, yes. And this is why. Because uh, I, I'm not going to knock that possession, but this is this is what I'm getting to. So it's a 14-7 game. Then Washington goes back out there and makes it 14-10. Then the Eagles are playing tempo. Pass, pass, pass. Interception. Pass, 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 pass. Right off the field. Here comes Washington again. Another long drive. All right, they score. They take the lead for the first time, 17-14. Then here come the Eagles on the field. Pass, 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 out, tempo. Washington gets the football. Offense was a big part of it, Jody. Offense was a big part of it as well. You're exactly right. The defense couldn't get off the field. But you as an offensive coach and and Shane Steichen as an offensive play caller got to know, hey, we got to play complimentary football. We can't just go out there and pass and play tempo and get the hell off the field because it's a three and out or an interception. And that's exactly what they did. So they were a big part of it as well. Mm, but the uh, Jalen Hurts interception, A.J. Brown's got to come down with that ball. We talked AJ about AJ was start. hurt. AJ was hurt. Um, and, and he gutted through it and he played through it and he probably shouldn't have played. And he clearly wasn't wasn't the same. And, you know, typically when you throw up that 50-50 ball into double coverage, he might come down with it. But you can't assume, even when he's healthy, he's going to come up with a 50-50 with a, with a ball in double coverage. That was double coverage. And Derek uh, Forrest was able to get there and intercept the ball. So that was a bad decision. I don't think Jalen right, even... But, but then you actually see the play ball, uh, John, and the ball came off his hands. A.J. Brown, one of the best receivers, one of the highest-paid receivers in football, guy having a phenomenal season, supposed to come down with that ball. 50-50, call it what you want. Then you watch the play, and you see that the ball hit his hands. He's supposed to come down with the ball. Well, you know, he 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 did get hurt on the first reception of the game. He tweaked his ankle. He was not healthy. He was out there. He was trying. And, and by the way, after that play, they turned him into more of a decoy than anything else because he clearly wasn't wasn't healthy but and and overall i you know i thought that was a bad decision from jalen and again i have to watch the game from from watching it live that was my thought that was a bad decision i thought he played pretty well jalen hurts i don't think he played poorly i think there were two guys i think jalen didn't play badly i think miles didn't play badly and that was about it and some of the offensive line obviously but they didn't run the ball so it didn't matter but i i yeah the defense was terrible. I'm not trying to say the defense wasn't terrible. They couldn't get Washington off the field. But that offense has to know. You have to understand Jim Swartz, games have personalities. You have to understand the personality of the game. You have to help your defense. You have to get a first down. 
and they could run the football, and they just didn't run it in the first half. Uh, I'll give you it on that last possession when, yes, now you know your defense has been on the field as long as it has, and you're going with tempo and you go three and out. No, no, no. You got to give your defense a little bit of a break there, Shane Steichen. You you have to, and I know they all stay as narrow focused as they do about staying in their lane and what they do, but you have to be cognizant of what's happening when your offense isn't on the field and Washington is just grinding you to a halt and sticking it in the end zone. You got to come back and you got to give your defense guys a little bit of a break. Uh, so, yes, I will agree that last possession was very ill-called. Number one, the fact that they couldn't get a first down. Number two, the fact that they didn't run the ball once. Number three, maybe more importantly than anything else, you're hustling up to the line to give the ball back to Washington even quicker than you did. Yeah, that's that's bad play calling on James uh, Steichen's part. All right, Jody McDonald, John McMullen. Sorry to say we're recapping a Bird's loss today here on Bird's 365 but sometimes you got to take the bad with the good. We've had a lot of good, bad today. Never bad when we get to punch up our next guests. A longtime Eagle Beat reporter. Uh, we will talk next to Les Bowen here on Birds 365. Don't wait until after Thanksgiving for leftovers. It's the new leftover sales event at Jeff D'Ambrosio Destination Downingtown. Jeff must get rid of hundreds of new 2022 vehicles on the lot. Rams, Grand Cherokees, Wranglers. Jeff has them all for less. Jeff has reduced prices and payments to the lowest they've been all year. And Jeff knocks down high interest rates, save thousands more than anywhere else. Plus, get more for any trade or lease return. You always win at Jeff's great selection, best price. Hurry in now. Jeff D'Ambrosio Destination Downingtown. Nobody treats you better. Black Friday sales event. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits, go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to Ocean.
At Salus University, our graduates are among the most highly trained in their profession because of our unique emphasis on research, interprofessional collaboration, and early clinical exposure. Learn more about our programs at salus.edu. Johnny Mac and Jody Mac here with you on Birds 365. We're lucky enough to have Les Bowen join us on the day after an Eagle loss. Had you forgotten to what it feels like yeah. to get up the next day after a Birds <laughs> defeat, Les Bowen? That's a good question, Jody. I think uh, the uh, World Series experience with the Phillies was still pretty fresh. So uh, it, it wasn't an entirely foreign feeling. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I thought it kind of had to happen. Uh, sometime soon here it's kind of galling uh, to uh, to have it happen to a divisional opponent uh, that celebrated as if it had won the the super bowl um but and and, and an ex-eagle on the last play of the game getting yeah, yeah. With the, the great casey two hill all we were missing is a nate gary touchdown <laughs> yeah really. that would have been great yeah um well you know i joked less that you know, the Eagles have been the most well-rounded team in the NFL uh, over the first nine weeks, eight games. That was an incredibly well-rounded loss as well. I yeah. mean, everybody contributed, the offense, defense, special teams. What what was your biggest gripe about what went on? Coaching staff as well, I'll throw in there. Wow. Well, that's a, that's a tough question. There were a lot. Um, I really thought that I couldn't – they let the game get away from them really in the second quarter. They had that 7 nothing lead, then the 14-7 lead, and I kept thinking that Jonathan Gannon was going to get the defense together and figure something out, you know, so that they would really move forward. And instead it just all went backwards. When I came on, you guys were discussing – how the offense played into that by not understanding the situation and going three and out very quickly uh, after the defense had been on the field for a ridiculous number of plays. I not getting off the field was my biggest qualm. And everybody says, well, they couldn't stop the run. If you look at the yards per carry, I know I've never seen anything quite like that. Yeah. Usually when they can't stop the run, they're getting gashed by big runs. Uh, they gave up three point something yards per carry. 3.1 less, 3.1. But it worked in such a way that even, you know, they, they've had these kind of sequences before where they'll give up three or four first downs, and then it'll be like third and eight or something, and they'll get yeah. off the field. Yeah. Last night, the third and eight would be an 11 yard completion with a guy catching a pass, just standing there all alone and nobody within 10 yards of him. You know, I, I know they like the soft zone stuff, but it was just the wrong, everything was wrong. They just had the wrong idea about how they were going to win. They, they, I, they just couldn't synchronize the, the coverage with the, uh, with the 
the run stopping inability. Uh, it, it was just a total, I would say defensively was my biggest problem that they just, they did not look like a team that could manage a big stop uh, in a, in a tight situation uh, until late in the game. Yeah, you and I see that similarly less. And if you're going to point more of a finger at the defense than the offense, you know that's going to be a finger pointed at Jonathan Gannon because uh, just generally speaking, there's a percentage of Eagle fans that don't like the fact that Gannon is not overtly aggressive. He Mm -hmm. plays his defense and believes in his defense. Well, his defense let him down last night, specifically two veteran guys, Pro Bowl-level players, and that's Fletcher Cox in the middle of the defensive line and Darius Slay outside on the corner who got beaten pretty good last night by Terry McLaurin. Is that on Gannon? Or do you, does he just have faith, have to have faith in certain guys and go, listen, they're going to either make plays that are not, and I'm going to live and die with that. Yeah. Does Gannon die because Fletcher Cox and Darius Slay broke through in clunkers last night? Well, that certainly didn't help him any. Uh, but I, I just can't see that that was a good plan. You know, Taylor Heineke, uh, I know he made one tremendous throw on a long pass. I think it might have been the only long pass he threw the entire game. While you're playing 15 yards off of receivers against this team, uh, I, I just couldn't imagine why you would even line up in a light box after what happened in Houston. You know, I thought Gannon with nine days, we saw that they couldn't stop the run very well in Houston without Jordan Davis. I thought Gannon with nine days would figure out a way around that, a workaround, uh, you know, something he could do to, to make the, the run a little less porous. And uh, he didn't, he didn't do anything. It it didn't seem to me, I, I, they were caught flat footed. They just didn't, uh, they they assumed too much. It seemed to me. Uh, so I don't I don't give him any kind of pass for Cox and Slay playing poorly. That's part of coaching is to get those guys to play well. Um, I'm a little worried about Fletcher Cox. Slay, I'm not. I mean, he, I, he just had a bad game. Yep. Um, Fletcher Cox might be done. I mean, I, I he's just not a factor in most of these games uh, unless he's playing against somebody that really isn't any good. Uh, he's, he's invisible out there. And I don't know what's going on with that. If it's, if it's really that he can't do it or if it's motivational, but uh, that's a huge problem for them. You know, when you look at the playoffs and you know, what they're going to be able to do uh, he's even if Jordan Davis comes back and plays well, Fletcher Cox has got to be a good player for the Eagles for them to win a championship. Yeah, Les, um, and Jody knows, I've been talking about this since the offseason. I, I, you know, the NFL in general, not just the Eagles, uh, by the way they they sort of build their defenses, they don't care about the running game until it shows up uh, when it gets cold or late in the season and you're like, oh, uh, we got to stop the run yeah. against – this particular back, this team's not built to stop the run. And then you have the the domino effect of losing Jordan Davis, which I think is huge. And they they won't put three linebackers on the field. 
Yeah. Now, now people will say, well, they do it with Hassan Reddick. He's not playing. Come on. Let's be honest with each other. He's not playing linebacker. He's an edge rusher. So, you know, uh, to me, and especially when you lose a Monte Maddox, so you don't have your slot cornerback, why not put N'Kobe Dean on the field, take Josiah Scott off the field, and, and, and try to at least – slow down the bleeding there something i think jim schwartz would have done that that's my biggest criticism of jonathan gannon it's very structured you know you mentioned the coverage the quarters coverage the you know cover two cover six it's very zone oriented it's very structured sometimes you got to throw a curveball here and there to stop somebody who's really really effective i agree and i that Washington offensive line isn't that good that yeah. you should be manhandled like that up front. Uh, I, whether you're built to stop the run or not, it's just not that hard to, uh, you know, you're, you're not playing against an elite back. God bless that guy for coming back from getting shot, but he's like a fourth round draft pick or something. Uh, yeah. You know, I, it, it, there was no reason for this to me. It just, uh, you know, you after a couple series, you sit down and you figure it out, and they just never. Well, they eventually figured it out, but it took way too long. It, it really, uh, you know, on a they've played some games a little bit like this, but the offense has come through enough to sort of get them back in control. And once the offense gets a double digit lead, then it's a different game. And you know. Last night there was no the offense didn't get them back in control and I didn't like Gannon's uh, you know Gannon's attempts to to try to try to stop the bleeding. Last part of what we do uh, here on Birds Three Sixty Five and you guys in columns and me on the radio is yeah we second guess uh, after the fact and I try and be as honest as possible and I trust both of you guys to do the same. Nick Sirianni's decision on third and 12 when the uh, commanders took mm. a, a illegal guy downfield penalty, could have pushed it back, given them another chance on third down. But uh, if they don't complete a pass, a longer field goal, the kid was looking at a 55-yarder. Nick decided to get off the field, get his team off the field, and give the Washington kicker a chance. He had made one from 58 and Damn if he didn't slam it home from 55 as well and just about got it over the crossbar. Uh, Give me the less Bowen at the moment position. Did you think Sirianni made the right call or the wrong call by turning down a penalty? Did we lose less? Did we lose that? He seems frozen. Seems frozen. Yeah. Or or are you seriously contemplating the answer to my question? He was very uh, pondered. Did we have you less? All oh, right. we're, we're not we here. Lost audio now. All right, so um, while we wait for less, John McMullen, you answer the question. Third and 12 or third and 17? Boy, man. You give you the know, guy the 55-yarder or no? Shall we slide? Yeah, I give him the 55-yarder. I didn't have a problem with it. Now, Nick talked about it a little bit after, and he said, yeah, probably would like to have it back. And I know he kicked the 58-yard. He barely got that over, as you mentioned. I mean, sometimes you got to tip your cap to the guy. I mean, he's making 55 and 58. And that weather, by the way, 
you know, it's cold. It was cold out there last night. So that factors into it as well. That, you know, uh, Jake Elliott uh, uh, also says, you know, the link could be a difficult place to kick because of the open end and some of the weird swirls that go in there. So I give Joey Sly a lot of credit for making those two kicks. Those are difficult kicks. And again, that's not Justin Tucker. Yeah, I'd roll the dice. Yeah, Bless you yeah. back. Yeah, I'm sorry. I don't know what happened there. I went away. But uh, here's my thing. So you take that penalty and it's third and 17. Uh, first of all, you're you're losing more time because they're going to run another play. Yeah, right. Second, yeah. the assumption here is that they're going to throw an incomplete pass on yeah. third and 17 yeah, exactly. or get the first down, which is both of which could happen. The other thing, if I'm Washington, what I try to do is gain about seven, eight, 10 yards exactly and have a much closer field goal so i yeah i i that doesn't bother that that it didn't work out but that i don't think that was a huge factor it was one of the things that just sort of kept the ball kept rolling you know just like officials not being able to see a face mask that causes a fumble well we froze up less again and we lost less well it's good to know because I thought the same thing. I'm sitting here watching the game, and I'm going, when the ball went through the uprights, uh-oh, Sirianni's going to get second guess for this. And I knew I couldn't be one of them because I agreed with the call. Yeah, I, I had no problem. Give him another shot to get a first down. And the point that Les just made, which I thought was excellent, not enough people uh, put this into the mix. Yeah, you're taking 35 more seconds off the clock because yeah. they're going to get a chance to run another play. And – uh, unless it's an and the assumption pass, is the play is going to be on the assumption is the play is always going to be unsuccessful what right. about that passing defense makes you think that was going to be tremendously unsuccessful maybe you know you're probably not going to convert that part of it's true but hey you know maybe as less pointed out maybe they pick up more yardage it becomes an easier field goal and you waste more time so i i had no issue with that but Les, if you can hear us, um, you, you you brought up the, the the face mask. That was a big part. Uh, that, look, it's an egregious missed call. But the ball security, they, they got a little cocky this week about, oh, there's no luck involved with this turnover ratio. And there's no luck involved. There's no randomness. It's taught. We teach it. Essentially, we teach it better than anybody else. And here it comes, it bites you in the butt. You got turnovers. You know, that's bad luck, right, Les? They miss a, a, a face mask and Dallas Goddard fumbles the football. It's bad luck. What else would you call it? Nah, we're having problems with Les. Technical issues. Uh, I, was, I was thinking you last night when they had the four turnovers. And I completely forgot that the last play of the game was actually a turnover. It was just yeah. like, okay, now we can turn off the damn television set. Um, no, randomness. Uh, one of your favorite terms, revert to the mean. Yeah. I, I remember us talking about uh, Dallas being that last year with all the turnovers that they got. You said, well, this season, they're probably going to revert to the mean. Well, the Eagles added for the first half of the season, the unbelievable plus minus that they had. At some point, it was going to, at least in part, revert to the mean. Didn't know it was yeah. going to all come down in one game, that they were going to have more turnovers last night than they did in their first eight games of the season. But that's what it is, reverting to the mean. And, yes, even though the Eagles didn't want to uh, acknowledge the somewhat randomness of it, it did come back to bite the Eagles in the butt a little bit last night. 
All right, uh, Les, uh, John and I already discussed this. I want to get your take on it as well, because I'm sure there are Eagle fans. I know there are Eagle fans. They're on our stream here that are uh, bemoaning the fact that the officials missed a couple of big calls last night. Certainly the Dallas Goddard one was one of them. The Chauncey Gardner uh, unnecessary roughness. Guy's foot was still in bounds. You can't throw that flag yeah. if the player is hit when he's right. still in bounds. But then I've seen some people complain about the uh, final, basically the final play of the game. Um, well, not really, because the Eagles, they get the ball back, fumbled away, gave up a touchdown. Um, <laughs> the uh, Brandon the, Graham. Yeah. The unnecessary roughness by yeah. Brandon Graham. Now, that was a penalty. That he was copped to it after the yeah. game. I don't know how you uh, look at that and go, oh, you can't throw that flag. Oh, yeah, you can, because it was a penalty, and they had to throw that flag. Yeah. <laughs> You can throw that flag. I don't think you have to throw that flag. I okay. think there was a pool reporter. I, I think it was Zach Berman. Yeah, uh, Zach, yeah. Who got an explanation from the referee who talked about contact to the head and neck injury area. Well, I went back and looked at that. There's no contact to the head and neck area. I think what the referee thought he saw and what uh, Joe Buck uh, kept saying that he thought he saw it just didn't happen he didn't graham didn't slam into taylor heineke i don't think brandon graham knew why taylor heineke was on the ground i yeah, he didn't i think he slid into him touched him with both hands and taylor heineke went flying backward and throwing his hand up in the air for a flag you can't I don't really fault the official for throwing a flag there. It is certainly something you can do. You can also say, no, you know, that, no. <laughs> um, as they often do on pass interference, uh, I, I just, I don't think you have to throw the flag there. I, I, it, but it shouldn't have come down to that. Had the Eagles somehow not been penalized there and won the game, it would have been a really it would have been a win they didn't deserve, you know? So it, it doesn't, in the larger frame of things, it doesn't bother me, but I, I don't see it as, oh, that's really, really obvious. You have to throw a flag there when now, it was a very I, bizarre situation. Uh, we saw, you remember the opener, John, when uh, uh, Jalen Hurts kept getting hurt on, kept not getting yeah, hurt, kept yeah. getting hit on kept slides. Hit. Yeah. Yeah. And Nick Sirianni explained to us later the next week that, well, the, the rule is if the defensive player is already in tackling mode, he can go ahead and hit you when you're sliding because he's already committed and you can't ask him to, you know, change his trajectory or some crap like that. You know, well, Brandon Graham was desperately trying to get to the quarterback there. He saw he went down. He slid on his knees and he pushed the guy with two hands. I, I, you know, well, it didn't do I, much I, for me. I will say this now, Alex Camp, and you know, he probably he didn't have a great day, the the referee, but he did say, all right, uh, you know, as you mentioned, Zach Berman was the pool reporter last night, our our buddy, and Camp said that was my call. I ruled the quarterback had clearly given himself up. Now, if he would have stopped talking there, it would have been yes. fine. He did clearly give himself up. Therefore, he is down and, and you know, defensive contact by Philadelphia number uh, 55 was not only late, but also head and neck area. So if he didn't say head and neck area, 
He was late, though. He was late, and the quarterback gave him up. I thought that was the proper call. Now, I agree with you, Les, in that, you know, maybe maybe the legislation stinks. I talk about this all the time with the NFL. It's an over-legislated game. You know, Brandon's not trying to hurt anybody. He doesn't know. He's just trying to make a play. Maybe use some common sense and say, oh, he's down. He, hit, he, he, he touched him. Let's just continue on. But by the stupid over-legislation of the actual law, yeah, the referee made the correct decision. Right. And he didn't explain it well either, which makes it worse uh, later uh, in the pool report. But and, and, and by the way, to Brandon's credit, he, he, he admitted that he, he had took the mistake and admitted yeah. it was a penalty. Um, and that's I what agree you want to hear. In that no situation. harm, no foul. Yeah. Yeah. No harm, no foul. But that's not the way the NFL does things. And the quarterback gave himself up. Um, so that one I didn't have a problem with. Now, the Dallas Goddard one, yeah, that's a missed call. But I don't, you know, there's missed calls in every game. The Eagles lost so many opportunities. The Quez Watkins play, yeah. last, that to me is the big one. Yeah, that because- all by itself, if, if he holds on to that ball or just stays down when he catches the pass – I think the Eagles probably win the game. Yeah, I agree. And again, I'm not sure winning that game at that point is a great thing for them. Uh, I I bring this up too much, but I covered hockey for a long time. They play a lot more games in hockey yeah. fo- than they do in football. And I would see this all the time with the Flyers back in the 90s. They would have a game where they didn't play very well, but somehow they managed to win. And in the locker room afterward, everyone would say, oh, geez, we can't do that again. We were really lucky. Well, yeah, we didn't, we didn't deserve to win that game. We've got to play better next game. Next game would be awful because the subconscious message that you're getting when you play terribly and win is, oh, we can, we're pretty good. We can, we can do that again. <laughs> we can get by. You know, it, it, it's, it all ended up all right. You know, I think if the Eagles had won that game last night, it would have been a bad thing. I mean, I, I, I think this losing that game, first of all, you can see how relieved A.J. Brown and some others were to get this undefeated thing yeah. Off, yeah. off the table and not be yeah. talking about it every day. The other, but the other thing is, when you actually lose, you have to take a hard look at what happened and, and what you did and hopefully fix some things. And, you know, it's galling that it happened the way it did. And they had every opportunity to eke out a win even after screwing up eight or ten times. But it's probably better that they, you know, that everything went against them and they ended up losing. All right, Les, a couple of things happened last night that had happened before but just not had been incorporated into a loss. And there were a couple of things like the turnovers that kind of came out of left field. Well, the Eagles don't give the ball up that much. Yeah, they did last night. Here's one that has been a recurring issue, and that's special teams. And the specific plays, the Zavraka worried that he's going to get his punt blocked, double clutch. What take was Kayvon Wallace doing on that, by the way? He just let the guy, he's a personal protector, and he just let the guy waltz in. I've never seen anything like it. Didn't, I, I, didn't I don't know what's going on. Didn't personally protect anyone yeah. on that play, Kayvon. 
uh, and that cost him because could have got the punt off, gotten a two-minute warning stop, wouldn't have to use a timeout. We'd go mm-hmm. through all the steps, but that was a bad play. Um, once again, the this is what bothers me. The Eagles never flip the field on special teams. Uh, Britton Cup might be the nicest guy in the world, and everybody wants to root for him. He never breaks a tackle. He I, never I fear, makes a guy I miss. I fear for Britton Cubby's health. He gets destroyed on basically every uh, kick and punt return. There's right. no blocking. Um, he's not an effective return. I love the kid, but uh, he doesn't look I'm like sorry. an NFL yeah, player yeah, to you, me. You want to blame the entire special team, John? I'll take your word for it. Is this on the special teams coach? Or is this on Howie Roseman that part of building an entire 53-man roster, we know what the most important things are, the quarterback, the top wide receiver, the, the, the trenches, but you also need to address that smaller part of the game because sometimes it wins and loses games for you. Did Howie not give this coaching staff enough athletic players to play on special teams, or is it the fact that the special teams guys say, yeah, I just stink, and the coach is doing nothing about it? Well, well, this is your is, brand. Do it. I, I think a lot of it is the coaching. Uh, you saw that first, you know, they were they got seven points out of it, but Reed Blankenship, who's yeah, active what a, for, what, the second time all year or something? Yeah. They got him trying to block a punt. Why are you trying to block a punt there, first of all? what? Why do you need to do that? Well, I don't know um, how he missed it, by the way, too. They were and there. he misses it and careens yeah. into the punter and takes a 15-yard penalty. Well, that just can't. In a playoff game, you know, that can't happen. And they've had – there have been maybe two games all season where there hasn't been a special teams play like that where you say, boy, in a different kind of game, in a playoff game, something like that happens. It's a disaster. I've never seen anything quite like that, even on bad teams, you know. I- yeah, we're used to uh, – we got – of Les frozen again. We used again. to. We got to save that picture with Les looking like he <laughs> yeah. had, uh, like we the kid a... from Home Alone. <laughs> we got uh, Chris Maragos. You know, Philadelphia fans, Les, are used to Chris Maragos and Brian Raymond and, and special teams players like that. Even Rudy Ford, who, by the way, if you saw him in Green Bay, had a two yeah, interception. Yeah, a couple big plays this weekend. He was a heck of a special teams uh, gunner. I, I just. I don't think they they kept a roster spot or two specifically for special teams players, and they used to do that um, when Dave Phipp was here. Um, you know, when Chip Kelly maybe placed a little bit more value on it. Um, do you think that's part of the problem? You need special teams specific players. I look at Matthew Slater in New England. I mean, you need special teams specific players yeah i i really was surprised at the trade deadline that they didn't do something there uh even if you don't do something at the trade deadline there's got to be somebody on a practice squad or something you know that can help you uh in this area we've seen teams do that in the past it's not that hard to come up with those guys you just have to commit a couple roster spots to guys that really aren't going to help you. Brian Brayman types that really yeah. can't play linebacker. Uh, you know, Chris Marigos types that you really don't want to see on the field a whole lot of safety. But they can take control of these units and and 
get people doing the right things, playing heads up. That's the thing. They're not heads up in any way whatsoever. No. You know, no. it, the return game, any, there's no phase of special teams where they're really heads up. And uh, I, they don't address it and they don't really seem to acknowledge publicly that it's a problem. And uh, that does bother me. All right, Les, are the Eagles now screwed because they've got a short work week? Got to come right back on Sunday and uh, face that resurgent Jeff Saturday-led Colt squad. Yeah, Matt or, Ryan, baby. Matt or, Ryan. Or did they lose their uh, ability to complain about a short week with last night's effort? Yeah, I think they lost their ability to complain, certainly. But, you know, I mean, they're playing a good runner this time. That will be uh, a little bit of a test this week. Uh, can they stop the run? Uh, do they have any ideas about stopping the run without Jordan Davis? But it's certainly a game they should win. They're at home. Uh, it was nice that Jeff Saturday won his debut against a team that was a total disaster in the Raiders. Uh, but that's just such an incredible mess there in Indianapolis. I can't. You know, I, I don't think you could have a much easier uh, way to get back on the horse. Than Jonathan a, Taylor, though, last 147, he's back. Yeah, That's well, what he ran if you for can't, us. if Jonathan Gannon can't figure that out between now. No, we lost Les again. I wanted to ask Les one more thing about, because he had mentioned A.J. Brown. There were a couple guys who were um, – like almost relieved that they don't have to deal with the 17 and 0 thing. And I, I, I don't buy that. I, I, I got both ends of it. You mentioned AJ. I talked to one player who said similar things, less kind of, you know, off, uh, off the record type things. Um, but they're taught, they're relieved a little bit. And then mm -hmm. I had another guy saying, we bleeped around uh, with this team too much. Washington. And, you know, it bit us in the you-know-what. Um, so you had sort of both thoughts. But just in general, um, your thought process of it's good to get a loss out of the way. Do you buy that kind of thinking? Yeah, I do, as long as they really learn the right, re you know, the lessons from it. Uh, if they come out and play poorly against Indianapolis, then, then I'm wrong. Uh, but, yeah, I thought they – I thought it was because I was really struck last week uh, watching the videos of a lot of the interviews in the locker room of how much the questioning there, there was national media coming in and yeah. there so much of the questioning was about undefeated. How do you remain focused, undefeated, undefeated, undefeated? You know, there wasn't a lot about Washington, uh, you know, Nothing about think, Washington. Yeah, I, I think that was starting to bother them. And I think it was starting to become a problem for Nick Sirianni. This is not a team that expected to be 8-0 and or that anybody expected to be 8-0. and I think if you had a more veteran, you know, overall group with a more veteran coaching staff that, you know, went into the season, expected to win the Super Bowl or something, it might have been easier. But I think that became an albatross for him. I think it became something that, you know, they got real sick of real quick. And, uh, you know, if they learned the right record, right lessons from losing, I think it probably was, 
in the long run, it'll turn out all right. But if this is going to start kind of a, you know, if they're going to start turning it over regularly now and, and screwing things up, uh, you know, I, I don't know, but, but I, I, I do think there's something to, it's good to get this out of the way. I, I don't think it's like the most wonderful thing that ever happened, but I, I do think there is a smidgen of something there. It becomes a bit of a key game this week coming up against the Colts. Last great stuff. We appreciate it. Whenever you jump on, thanks for getting up early with us this week. We'll get you back on in about a month or so from now. Great. Thank you. Thank that you, Les. Les Bowen, uh, all-time Eagle beat reporter here with us on Birds 365. And I like the point that Les, Les finished up on. If you want to tell the tale, spin the narrative of a loss is a good thing which I just generally speaking have yeah, a problem with. I don't like it. Yeah, you, neither you nor I really like it, but it can actually play that way. I've seen it happen before, so it's not something that you can just toss aside. Well, then you got to go out and win this week. You you can't sing the song of, ooh, a loss could be advantageous. We learn the lessons from a loss. Okay, we'll see, but then you have to go out and prove that it was just that, a stubbing of the toe. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details getting the pressure off your back well now it's gone go out and beat a team below 500 next week even though it's on the road even though they can run the football and you're not great at stopping the run go out and win the game and then you can say yeah see we got the monkey off our back with the loss you go out and lose next week to the Colts all of a sudden it's two in a row going in the wrong direction that's a whole nother ball game he's McMullen on McDonald we're your Mac and Mac Birds 365 guys come back a couple more things I gotta run by Johnny Mac our pal, Chris Franklin, who comes on with us almost every single time after an Eagle game, usually Mondays. He's a Tuesday contributor this week to Birds 365. He'll be up with us next hour. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Since 1977 at Rafferty Subaru, we have always been about our customers and the community. Early on, a safe and durable option, we've evolved to become the best overall brand according to Kelly Blue Book. Over the last 14 years, we've donated thousands of dollars through the Subaru Share the Love event and found homes for hundreds of pets. The Rafferty family is proud of our 45 years in business. This month, celebrate our anniversary with special financing on select models. Visit us and see why. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. 
Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Hi everybody, my name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech we offer three major services. The first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. guys after a bird's loss we haven't done this in 10 months so pardon us if we're out of practice talking about the eagles after a loss been a long time but they came up small against the washington commanders last night at the link and take their first loss of the regular season and yeah sorry bird fans we feel the need to do this point out where the eagles came up short last night since they did just that and got beat by washington um john you talked about in the inability to stop the run, maybe they need to do some lineup switching. And you know how big a Nicobe Dean fan I am. I'm not quite sure why they've got him as much in mothballs as they do, um, but trying to get him out there on a three-blindbacker look and taking an extra DB off the field. Here's where I go with you. And Gannon's defense is what it is. You like it, you don't like it. He's not going to change. He's kind of stubborn that way. Uh, I think we're kind of whistling in the wind to think that they're going to uh, employ something to talk about. But here's where you can legitimately look for it and ask for it. Redskins went with a bunch of 12 uh, lineups last night, two tight ends. And are you saying that you don't think N'Kobe Dean can cover a tight end? That's what it comes down to. If if the other team's got five offensive linemen and two tight ends there, they don't have that many receivers. You really need a another cover corner out there instead of a linebacker who might be better tackling. You got to yeah. be able to situationally substitute, get guys in and uh, uh, in and out of the lineup, on and off the field. If Washington can get a second tight end out there, guess what? You can get an extra linebacker out there instead of an extra DB. Yeah, you can. You can do more matching, uh, more matchups, as you mentioned, when they are in 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 twelve personnel, when there are in bigger lineups, and you know, it, it, and it's not just about tackling; it's about run fits. Look, the best uh, a slot cornerback in the world isn't going to be as good as run fits as as the worst linebacker. I mean, that's just the way it is. Um, you know, 
those guys are not equipped for it. And and again, it goes back. I talk about it all the time. And the Eagles aren't alone here. They, the Eagles are part of the crowd, as they usually are. Um, and, and again, I go back to the offseason when we talked about this. Nobody cares about the run until they have to care about the run, until they have to stop it. And then they go, oh, crap. Um, and, you know, look, if Jordan Davis didn't get hurt, it probably still wouldn't be an issue. Nobody would be talking about it, but he did. And all of a sudden, you got to rely on Marlon Tui Pelotu and Javon Hargrave playing where he's not comfortable. Fletcher Cox, who, as Les pointed out, is not playing well over the past few weeks. Um, yeah, I mean, you got to you gotta change it up, at least until Jordan comes back. And, and maybe then you can go back to what you want to do. Um, but until then... And, and 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 the part that makes it even worse is what I mentioned before. Abonte Maddox is not out. Look, if Abonte's out there, all right, I get it. That's a really good player. You you don't want to take – you want to keep your best players on the field. How many times you hear coaches say that? Yeah, I want my best 11 on the field. Um, and Abonte Maddox would certainly be in that category, Jody. But are you going to tell me N'Kobe Dean's not better than Josiah Scott? Even if you boil it down to that – to that simple notion, you're going to tell me N'Kobe Dean can't help you win more than Josiah Scott? I'm not. I don't believe you. Right. I don't believe and, you. And I'll go even further and and break it down to well, what would be the responsibilities on that play if you're worried about covering? Uh, so here's what it came down to me for me last night, and I didn't even realize this till just now when I looked at the numbers. Uh, are you telling me you're in fear? of the Redskins' two backup tight ends. Because John Bates, do you know who John Bates is? Yeah, I do, but yeah. Way to go to college. Uh, that I don't know. Okay, so you, you you partially know John Bates. You know him better than I do, but you don't know John Bates either. Um, he played last night 49% of the snaps. Okay, so he was in instead of Logan Thomas. Well, Thomas played 73% of the snaps. So I didn't come off the field all that often. And do you know Amani Rogers? That I, I don't know Amani Rogers. But by the way, John Bates went to Boise State, fourth round Boise pick. He, for, he, plays, he plays quite a bit. Um, but yeah, he's not explosive um, by any stretch of the imagination. How many, how many times was he targeted last night in the passing game? No, he's not. Well, they didn't target anybody, basically, except Terry McLaurin. I mean, let's be honest. Uh, they didn't do anything in the passing game that didn't involve Terry McLaurin. Um, yeah, Monty Rogers from where? I don't oh, know. Do you? No. I don't, yeah. I don't know. He played. Their third-string tight end played 25% of the plays. He's out there for 25%. You know what that tells me? a whole lot of 12 personnel, and that tells me, yeah, you can get an extra linebacker onto the field rather than having an extra D back. Uh-oh, you got to have Josiah Scott on there because he's got to cover Bates or Rodgers? That sounds like a motel you want to stay out of, not a guy you're afraid of they're going to throw the football to. Amani Rodgers went to UNLV and then finished up at Ohio. Uh, so he's got, he's oh, those, one of those, those dual guys. powerhouses. Yeah. 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 How did I not know about Amani Rogers? 
Yeah, I mean, Bates played a lot because, you know, yeah, Logan Thomas has, you know, been so injured over the past couple of years, but he's not explosive. Uh, uh, you know, he's not that type of tight end. He's a bigger guy. Um, you know, he's more of an old school Y back tight end, um, which again points out to, hey, we're going to run the football. Hey, it's not that big of a concern. Uh, Kaiser White can cover him. Nicobe Dean can cover him. TJ Edwards can probably cover him. Um, I, I, they're very, and people say I defend Jonathan Gannon too much. Well, listen to this. He's very structured and he doesn't change a lot. Um, and that's not a defense, that's a criticism. Criticism, yep. Sometimes you have to do some different things. That's what Jim Schwartz was really good at. You know, I go back to Avante Maddox's. Uh, rookie year and the Eagles were having so many issues at cornerback so many injuries uh, safety I'm sorry so many injuries at safety and we're 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 all contemplating you know what what are they going to do and it, it didn't even cross my mind that Abonte Maddox would play safety and he put Abonte Maddox at safety and you know he, he he had the confidence to do some out of out of the box things. Um, I don't see that from Jonathan Gannon, and I'd like to see it. And by the way, this is not out of the box. You're struggling to defend the run. Put a damn extra linebacker on the field. It's not an indictable defense to not be in nickel every single freaking play. They yeah, absolutely that's their defense. Their their base defense is the nickel with three corners on the field at all times. And I get it that that's the way the National Football League is trending, and that's the defense. If you're getting your reps in and you're practicing, you want to take more reps and practice with that. But then you have actual in-game adjustments that you have to acknowledge the other team is doing something. Last night, that would be the Redskins converting on third down and converting on third down and converting on third down and converting on third down. And you have to be willing to make a roster adjustment, substitute guys in and out. And Jonathan Gannon is, yeah, I'll use the word stubborn. He believes his system is going to work. And over time, it's, uh, we're going to be better positioned, ever, except until it doesn't. And last night it didn't. So sorry, Jonathan, we get to question you today because you didn't do any in-game adjusting. The, the, the skins were throwing two and three tight end uh, guys out there, and you're expecting uh, Josiah Scott to shed a blocker and make a tackle for a loss rather than somebody like a Nicobe Dean to come off your bench. Uh, that's Yeah, that's on, the, that's on the defense coordinator, Mac, man. Yeah, I, I mean, and, and again, maybe it would be different if Avante Maddox was out there. I wouldn't be complaining. But when it is Josiah Scott, uh, all of a sudden, you know, come on. It's not, you know, I get next man up and coaches say that ad nauseum and it annoys me. We, we give them the same responsibilities. Well, guess what? If you lose good players, the player coming in, we see it with Jordan Davis versus Marlon Tui Pelotu. Guess what? Marlon's not Jordan Davis. Guess what? Josiah Scott's not a Bonte Maddox. So it's okay to do something different to yep. make up for the downgrade in that. That's my issue. That's my biggest issue. Sometimes when you lose players that are, are effective, you know, 
it takes more than one to replace them. You might have to do some different things. You might have to go about things a different way. Um, and, and, and maybe we need to see that and, and maybe they, you know, but I guarantee we're not, we're not going to see it. We're going to see Josiah Scott next week playing the nickel and, that's going to be that. And you mentioned Marlon and Milton Williams. Milton made a big play last night. Uh, I know Marlon fell in the football, but that was just right guy, right spot, right time. Um, Fletcher Cox struggled last night. Fletcher Cox was pushed around and out of position a couple of times and just lost one-on-one battles in the middle of the line. Uh, you're hoping, cross your fingers, that Jordan Davis will be back in time for the Tennessee game. But as you correctly point out, nobody knows for sure. The Eagles are going to keep that piece of information well under wraps and we can all rapidly speculate, but that's all it is, is speculation. Should Fletcher Cox just get his number of reps week in and week out because he's Fletcher Cox? Uh, No, Uh, but right now, I mean, who else are you going to play? I mean, I, I, again, you, you, I mean, who are you going to play? Marvin Wilson over Fletcher Cox? You're going to play more Marlin? Um, you're going to play more Milton than I Fletcher would, Cox? Ding, ding, ding. That's exactly uh, my answer. Gonna I'm going to play more Milton. Well. That ain't going to work Fletcher out Cox. well. Um, you know, you got to rely on Jay Bond. One of the things, look, it, it's easy to blame coaches. Now I'm going to to my 180. It's easy to blame coaches, but bottom line is the players got to perform. And I talked about that secondary. Look, they've been performing in this coverage scheme for fr- pretty much the entire season. Yesterday, they played the same thing they always play, and that secondary crapped the bed. Now, at some point, you got to look at the players. You brought up Darius. It wasn't just Darius. But right. that but was his, the worst his, game. That was the worst game he's played all year. At some point, the players have to perform. And they didn't. Here's why I look at the comp of Darius Lay to Fletcher Cox, who were the two guys who I thought had the toughest time on defense all last night, two Pro Bowl level players, two highly paid players, two veteran players. Darius Slay up until last night had been having a phenomenal year, a, oh, yeah. a an arguable Pro Bowl type year. Anybody making the argument for Fletcher Cox a Pro Bowler before last night? I don't no. think so. No. So that's no. why I'm suggesting maybe a few less reps for Fletcher Cox is not an outrageous thing to ask for. I'm not going to do the same thing with Darius Slay. Slay threw in a clunker. He got beat. He had a bad game. But he is of that level, and you're just going to have to shrug your shoulders and go, whoops, big play Slay was not big play Slay last night. Fletcher, I think it's a legitimate question to say, yeah, have we seen the decline to the point where we can't just plug him in for the same number of plays every week because he's Fletcher Cox? You know, if they if they had, you know, a better option, maybe I would – I would entertain that, but I don't think they have a better option. So that's part of it. Um, but I agree they're not the same level of player. I mean, Darius had a bad game. And unless I said it great, you know, I don't worry about Darius Slay. He's going to bounce back. He's going to play at a very high level. Um, Fletcher Cox, you got to start wondering if, you know, this is it for him. 
Uh, he's certainly not the player he once was. Uh, there's no question about that. He used to be a Darius Slay level player. Yep. Um, he's not any longer. But I don't. I don't see a replacement. I. I don't say. I don't. I'm not as high on Milton Williams as some other people. I. I don't see where this. You know, default to Milton. And, and he played pretty well. I would say yesterday. That was one of his better games. Yeah. But I think overall. He hasn't had a great season. Now, part of that, and I mentioned he was dealing with a knee injury, and maybe that was it. But he had not been. I I would think the two the two young players that did and Kenny Gainwell was awful again yesterday. Um, those are the two young players that you were hoping would take a, a a big step forward. I don't think either of them have. Now, I don't think Milton's been as bad as Kenny, but I I can't. I can't feel comfortable about Milt Williams over Fletcher Cox right now. I, I, I just well, can't. I didn't say I felt comfortable, but I didn't feel comfortable watching Fletcher Cox play. So it's levels of uncomfortability. Uh, I could have used a couple more Milt Williams snaps. And if you want to talk about comparing to Slay, the drop-off from Slay to Josh Job. Oh, you're really just rolling the dice. Or Zach McPherson, you're really just rolling the dice. The drop-off from Fletcher to Milt Williams? Is it near it severe? That's why I would at least consider maybe reevaluating the number of snaps in the middle of the defensive line. A cornerback, you just got to go, all right, slay out a bad game. Uh, plain and simple. There, there, there's no move thereafter to address that. The address is, come on, slay, uh, make some big plays next week. All right, Jody McDonald and John McMullen, your Mac and Mac Birds 365 guys. Coming back next, we will be joined Mr. NJ.com jumping aboard. Will he be indoors? Will he be outdoors? We will not know. You will not know until we come back here on Birds 365 with Chris Franklin. Don't wait until after Thanksgiving for leftovers. It's the new leftover sales event at Jeff D'Ambrosio Destination Downingtown. Jeff must get rid of hundreds of new 2022 vehicles on the lot. Rams, Grand Cherokees, Wranglers, Jeff has them all for less. Jeff has reduced prices and payments to the lowest they've been all year. And Jeff knocks down high interest rates, save thousands more than anywhere else. Plus, get more for any trade or lease return. You always win at Jeff's great selection, best price. Hurry in now. Jeff D'Ambrosio Destination Downingtown. Nobody treats you better. Black Friday sales event. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Go for the beers, 
go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. University, our graduates are among the most highly trained in their profession because of our unique emphasis on research, interprofessional collaboration, and early clinical exposure. Learn more about our programs at salis.edu. John McMullen, I'm Jody McDonald. We are your Birds 365 Mega Mac guys, and we are, as we almost always are, after an Eagle win, lucky to get Chris Franklin from NJ.com on to talk about the game that has just transpired. And for the first time this year, it's a loss, and we have to talk about it with Chris. All right, Franklin, here's where I want to start. I'm going to put you on the concern slash panicometer, okay? <laughs> okay, all right. If, Overreaction Tuesday, if, Chris. If, it, <laughs> if it's a 10, then your thought is, holy crap, the floods at gates have opened. The blueprint is out there. Everyone now knows how to beat the Eagles. This season is screwed. Or a zero, which is, stop it. They're 9-1. and one. They've still got the tiebreaker over the Vikings. They got the best playoff situation of anybody left up. Who cares about the commanders? You gave them an extra win, though, Jody. They're only 8-1. and one. <laughs> Well, you know how, how how you feel about the, uh, the Colts game coming yeah, out. This game out but, yeah. Um... Yeah, you got a point there. Sorry about that. Thank you. <laughs> but, uh... one in nine games. We know it's somewhere in the middle. It's not a zero. It's not a 10. But where do you fall in between those two diametrically opposite positions? I think for the near, if I say for the whole entire future, uh, future the whole entire today, season, so I probably say four. Today, today, I think it's six. Into consideration. I, six, because I look at these next couple of games wow, from here on okay. out. Well, only because I look at the defense, because I really think that's the best way to keep this meet this Eagles team right now is. You have to – the best way to do it is to run the ball, which you saw the commanders do, and it doesn't have to be effective. It doesn't – they literally ran a three yards in a cloud of dust in, in a way when you look at the final stats. Mm-hmm. And all you need to do, and they did they, – and, and each player to a man admitted this to uh, last night saying they basically – they managed themselves into makeable uh, third-down situations by getting a lot of yards on first and second downs. And you look at the way you do this, without Jordan Davis in the middle of that, of that defensive line, when you look at the running game, it's it's impacting them a lot, and you're starting to see that now. So keep that offense on the side, keep running the ball, keep the game close and manageable, and make it to like a fourth quarter game. That's how you beat the Eagles right now. All right. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm I hate having to be the positive one, but I'm going to try. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm going to put it at like a two. I mean, I agree with you. People, you know, even Houston. They've showed you the blueprint to, to beat the Eagles, 
the commanders, uh, their time of possession, Chris, was 40-24. And, you know, if the Eagles weren't the dumbest team on the planet last night, uncharacteristic, they still win the game. They still win the game because the margin of error is so small when you play the way the Washington commanders play. Now, give them credit. Hats if they got it done. But if that's the way you want to play, that margin of error is really small. Yeah, and the one thing that really surprised me, especially with that way they're playing, is I thought the Eagles would go back to their own run game because yeah, the defense that, have been that, out that, there for that, such that, a long time. I was reported the fact that it didn't run. And they could run. They were effective, and they wouldn't run. They wouldn't yeah. run. Anytime that Miles Sanders has two carries in the first half, I think he got to stop and reevaluate reevaluate the game plan and especially being on the field, I think it was like 22 minutes and 22 seconds. The only reason I remember that number specifically, because I think it was all the same numbers. Like, like you can't consistently keep, keep asking your defense to go out there because you saw fourth quarter going to wear down. So you got to at least, at least give your defense a rest by finding a way to run the ball. And they had success doing it. I just, it, it, it was a big question for me why they didn't sustain it earlier on, but hopefully they learned their lesson now and look forward to it on Sunday. And the most egregious possession was the one late in the second quarter. John and I kind of went through this earlier. And even at that, Gainwell, wide open, middle of the field, drops the ball. Oh, and A.J. Brown on third and five slips and falls down. That's not on Jalen Hurts. And, yeah, it's going to come back to show up on Steichen's record. The guy's got to make plays. Kenny Gainwell, you got to make the catch. And A.J. Brown, they paid you a lot of money to not fall down. And I know he may have been hurt. He came up limping early in the uh, first quarter. But, uh, yeah, that's that's where he come back and go, oh, how did they not run the ball? Well, Gainwell makes the catch and or Brown doesn't fall down. They don't need that run the ball with Miles Sanders. Yeah, I wonder what's going on with Brown because it, it just didn't look right. After the first quarter, you know, he went in, he went in the locker room, came back out, but – it just didn't look right. And you see the impact that he has now because if he's not really rolling, it's really rolling. It's almost like you have the Eagles offensive last year coming back if he can't really be as effective as yeah, he has been amazing. It's amazing how one player on defense, it's Davis, uh, you mentioned third and manageable. Well, that's why Jordan Davis is there. So first and 10 turns into second and 10. And all of a sudden, third down's not as manageable. With with the offense, AJ tweaks his ankle. He's not himself, and the whole offense reverts, as you mentioned, back to last season. It it's it's amazing how one player can make a difference. And it, what do you pin that on? More coaching, not not properly evaluating what you need to do without these particular players in the case of AJ was out there, but he wasn't himself. I mean, it was clear he wasn't himself and they shifted him to more as a decoy in the second half. But do you put it more on coaching or the players? I mean, Quez Watkins hold on to the damn football Um, uh, defense, you know, make a tackle, have a better run fit on occasion. Um, what do you put it more on, Chris? Between two, I basically put on a, this one. I put this one on players because when I'm looking at when you're looking back at the overall scheme, there were guys even as not as much time they were not playing on offense. There's guys getting open on that one. And on third down, you have to take the onus 
of even if it's third and short, you have to win the line of scrimmage. You ha- you just have to get enough push. There are times that I think for the first time all year that, that I, you truly felt this these both basically the Eagles defensive line was getting bullied. I mean, there are times when they were doing Washington was running that power game, and you saw the line was about two three yards downfield yeah. already. Like they were they were back. They were the defensive line, the defensive line was acting like they were the second level because they were getting pushed back so far. And so I hadn't seen that all year. And when you're looking at that, you just need somebody like his gut check time. You know, we kind of getting beat, beat around. You, you don't want to basically have your heart taken throughout the most of the games. They basically had their heart taken at, at times. And, and, and listen, I, I don't, I don't know if it was layoff. I don't know if it was just they looked over and because I don't think that an offensive line for the Commanders are anything special. I don't know what it was, but. They better find a way to get get it fixed very, very soon. All right. So you mentioned the layoff. They have a bye week and then a short week uh, off a bye, which isn't that bad. But then you have another mini bye thereafter. So they're scheduling their timing off and certainly certain aspect of their game looked like they were off a little bit last night. But now they got a short week and they got to come right back on Sunday. How much of this lays at the doorstep of the coach? that he's got to know that he's got a group of players that are creatures of habit, that they do things a certain way, that they put X amount of time into. How much pressure on Sirianni this week to make sure that it's not a two-game losing streak next week against the Colts? I don't think so. I think he also may have some little inside help. Wait, wait, no, it's not Frank Reich. How you doing? But I think it'll be okay when it comes to that. Uh, I, I look at the way uh, – I think because short of having an actual game with some of those bye weeks, and then you're risk, running the risk of getting hurt themselves. I, I, don't, I don't think I don't think that uh, I, I don't think that it a lot of it lies with Sirianni. I think if anything, I think I think even if the captains, I think on his team, when you look at the veterans they have, I think they're going to basically have a message out there that they need to turn things around too. So I, it, it's one of those weeks where you can look as a coach and you just look at the captains, and go, you know what to do so if with this group. Not all teams. Not, if I'm looking at the Raiders, I'm just going, hey, I'm out. But I think with this group <laughs> of guys and that one, so you look at them like, you know what? You you know what to do. I don't have to worry. Now, say if they lose like three in a row here, it's like, all right, listen, then like red flags going, uh, whatever you have to do to get on William Penn to put something at the top of City Hall, going like red alert, whatever you do, then you do that. But otherwise, I think right now it's just like it, it is amazing how, how how quickly the psyche turns, you know. <laughs> Last week everybody's well, they're going to beat Washington. They're going to beat Indianapolis. Green Bay stinks. Uh, maybe they have a problem with Tennessee. Now it's like, oh, they're going to lose. They can't stop Jonathan Taylor. How are they going to stop Aaron Jones? How are they going to stop Derrick Henry? Um, <laughs> they are eight and one. Uh, you know, uh, I still think it's a good football team by and large. But I, I do, you know, I, I, I said this to Jody, and I want to get your thoughts on it. Um, they were they were the most well-rounded team in the NFL over the first nine weeks of the season. I don't think there's any doubt about that. And this was a well-rounded loss. Everybody contributed. The offense, the defense, the special teams, the coaching staff was awful. Did they just take this team for granted, and it finally showed up? Because I, I think they did. I don't know if they took them for granted. I I, I really because I thought a lot of times like when you see a team like you just go like all right cool oh, that's what you, you see them 
the, the brother-in-law and where they're going, okay, let's get play with somebody doing, oh, it's not like doing high fives before the game with the team and just relaxing and not coming out that way too. I thought they actually were trying to come out there. I don't think they took them for granted. I think they looked at the the game plan. You saw a lot of Devontae Smith. Like, I had no problem when it comes to game plan. I think the way the, the Eagles came out, I don't, it didn't look to me like they were just going, well, we showed up on the field. We're just going to take this from here on out. I don't get that sense of that. I think it was just more that they just got if the commanders were just more physical overall. So I wouldn't put it so much on them being uh, basically just handing over and say, all right, we was step on the field, we won the game. All right. One of the guys I think you got to give at least a nod to, we're kind of bringing all the Eagle guys down a little bit today because they got beat and they deserve it. Uh, but a guy who I thought stepped up and gave him a chance last night was Devontae Smith. A.J. Brown wasn't himself. He probably wasn't getting the attention he usually gets. Well, maybe not because of the pass that went through his hands. He was double teamed on. And uh, I thought Jalen threw a perfect ball. And that's one of those luck things that the coach doesn't like to acknowledge. But there was a little bad luck involved there because the ball happened to go through his hands and uh, the defensive player made a good play. Um, but Devontae made a couple of nice catches last night, including a touchdown. And on that Quez Watkins fumble, he was way to hell downfield, and he got his hand on that ball. He had to dive in between two defenders to try and just get his hand on his ball, and he couldn't come up with it. But that was a hell of an effort out of Devontae Smith. He's one guy that I think could actually get up and look himself in the mirror today. How about you? Well, yeah, he had his birthday. He had the better show out, try to show out there, because the last thing you want to do is walk around going like, well, that one, like, <laughs> walk around like he had a hangover from celebrating the night before. But, yeah, no, nah, I think when you look at – he's one of the guys where you, you knew this game – in a way, you kind of knew this game was coming for him because he knew that, that he had the success in week three. All the talk was out there about, hey, you know, Devontae is not, not really getting the production that we thought about from you. And the next thing you know, he pops up with a performance like this. This is – I don't know. I I know they use a lot of uh, Goddard. You see, see on third downs. You did he do that way? I know you got to get AJ Brown. He looks because hey, he's AJ Brown. I don't know if it's and for life we all know how effective those wide receiver bubble screens are. Yeah. But you got to find. I think it's all. He's one of those guys you have to find a way on your play sheet where you have a corner and say, you know what, if Brown's going slow, just hammer the ball to Smith because he's that type of player. I think he's still to me he's still a a, a number one wide receiver type guy. You can't, and I know it's AJ Brown here. He's relegated basically to number two, but he's still that type of guy. You have to get him the ball somehow. And I just look at it. I just don't, I, I wish I knew how to do it. I know they have the other options, but at the risk of maybe say, hey, you know, Zach Pascal, those three, four that you were supposed to, we want to try to get you. Quez, at this point, at this point in the season, Quez, we know we take a shot, a shot or two downfield, but you know what? Maybe we should follow these more to Devonta more to get an even more bounce, take some of that pressure off of AJ. Uh, speaking of wide receiver ones, uh, Chris, Terry McLaurin, um, kind of <laughs> Eagles killer at this point. I think it's fair to call him that. Yeah. Um, I, you know, the Eagles play the same coverage as every week quarters, you know, cover two, cover six, blah, blah, blah. Same stuff. What, what, why no communication? Because Terry McLaurin's running wide open. And it's not like the Eagles don't know he exists. Uh, basically, <laughs> the commander's offense was run the football and throw it to Terry McLaurin. That was it. 
that was that was the plan. Why the communication issues in week 10? And they've been good for the most part. And and that's that it is a little concerning. Like one one thing I know, like some of them, I'll, I'll give I'll give credit to Washington's office coordinator because it, it was Gannon showed some tendencies on certain downs. They looked like they were running like either when they were running cover three or the, or the cover six look. Best way to do is a man beater the beat that is to do a crossing. And he ran it a couple of times, and I'm shocked. He Terry McClellan really could have had about 200 yards receiving if, if they had some time and, and they dedicate themselves to passing to the passing game because. He was running wild through some of those empty parts of the zone, but I look at if anything, I probably put that on. That has to be the that has to be better communication between the safeties, the safety level, and that linebacker level too. And just passing off because when I, I know that they look, I don't it looked like a couple of times, and, and I have to go back and watch this for for like a, a third, fourth time just to get the details. It looked like they were trying to they passed off and just like, oh, you got this. Don't worry about this. Yeah, you get this. And I, I like that they're disguising yeah. some things, doing some different things they didn't done all year, which. You would hope they would do, especially seeing a new quarterback and doing some stuff. And whatever disguises they were, they had planned up. They surely didn't. I don't know if it's just like, hey, you know what? Oh, I got this. We're veterans. Well, I don't. You should know this by now. It's like second nature, but it's definitely not second nature now. It's and I don't know how you fix it. Honestly, like even this late, you can still still work and say, oh, you got to talk, talk, talk. But yeah, you know, I guess when you're in the middle of the flow of the season, you start really going, and yeah, you are yeah. what you are. Yeah, I know uh, my partner's what his response would be to this question, but I need yours, Mr. Franklin. Uh, not only last night was the first Eagle loss of the season, it was also the first divisional loss of the season. And right now they are only one game ahead of the nearest competitor in the division. That would be the New York Giants, who they still have to play twice this year that 24 hours, 36 hours ago, we were thinking, all right, the Eagles are going to cruise to a divisional championship. Should the Eagles be nervous because there is legit competition in the division as of right now? The division, no. I, th- I, I And I still... I, you're dismissing I, 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 the Giants much like John once. McMullen is what you're telling <laughs> me. <laughs> I, I look at that one too. Even if they split this year, even if they go up to MetLife and lose, they win back down here. Do they split? I look at this Eagles team, and I, I, it's just different. I, I, the same way, at least with the Commanders, you had two, maybe three receivers. You're like, all right, cool, that was it. With the Giants, you're just like, okay, Saquon. Okay, Saquon. The right, Commanders so came in Saquon. four and five last night. The Giants at seven and two, big guy. You got to well, check the four. standings here, my, my man. Come well, on. Four and five. Washington it, it, it now a playoff threat. Come on. Look, 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 look who they had a quarterback at the beginning of the year. That, that answers a whole lot of questions. What are the Giants? <laughs> the Giants are a playoff threat. Yeah. I, I wouldn't be, I seriously would not be surprised because the 49ers, they're getting so injured. I wouldn't be surprised if the commanders are in it. It's a long haul where they're in a conversation probably until week 16, 17. So it's like, it, it could be. There is, I still think there's a chance that all these teams in from the division will make the playoffs. It's basically well, what, what, what term did you use, Jody? Did, did scared of the Giants? I mean, I wouldn't be scared of the Giants. I give them credit for being, but I mean, if you're the Eagles, I don't think you'd be scared of the Giants. Now, that doesn't mean they can't crap the bed like they did against Washington and lose <laughs> a game. But I, you know, I don't think. And the if Giants, they lose that game, the division could go by the wayside. I don't think the Giants match up well with the Eagles. Um, now, you know, we're coming off the first loss of the season. Ba- hold on. Um, Based on what? 
But, but based on some of the things Chris just said, who the hell's catching the football from Daniel Jones, by the way, that, as the quarterback? Um, it, you know, Brian Dayball's done a tremendous job. I think if you go down the roster, I think you'd say the Eagles have a better roster than the Giants. Well, I I the mean, Eagles had a better roster last night, and they didn't win. Well, I mean – the best team doesn't always win in the NFL. We talk about the Chiefs have lost, but we've been through this. Everybody's lost. Now the Eagles have lost. Everybody loses in this league. It doesn't mean that particular team pulling off the upset. I'm not going to sit here and tell anybody the Washington Commanders are better than the Eagles. The Eagles beat themselves yesterday. That's true. Um, and they had plenty of chance. Even... With all the, the time of possession, Chris, they never had the football. They still should have won the game because they're so much more talented than the commanders. They just had a bad game. It happens. Imagine if they bounced it out, say if they in that first half, instead of if say if it was like split half and half. The Eagles have the ball for 15 minutes and the commanders have the ball for 15 minutes. I think the Eagles have put put up a lot more points. I think they put at least 10 more points. Yeah. And then you're all of a sudden talking that way. Miles Sanders runs it 10 times. They probably up by mm-hmm. 10 points. All right. I'm, I'm ready to reevaluate my word. You're right. Cause fear was a poor choice of words on my part. I don't think the Eagles should fear anybody. Giants, Vikings, Cowboys, anybody in the NFC. I don't even think they should fear the bills and the chiefs or anybody from the, the dolphins from the AFC, respect is the better word. Should the Eagles show the proper respect to the 7-2 and two New York Giants? That's the question I'm asking. I think they will no matter what because of the vision, uh, especially the way – and they still don't, – don't forget, the Eagles still have that in mind, that lost up in MetLife, but very much so from last year. You know, that one – that that was one of the uglier ones, uh, the losses uh, that was, last year. That was Jalen Hurts' worst that game. That was Hurts just yeah. throwing a, yep. an absolute yeah. stone-cold clunker. Yeah. You know? and I, don't, I don't care how and much And even that one, like, John, John said it now a couple times today, and I can tell we disagree. He says they should have won the game. I would say last night they could have won the game. Oh, last year, they should have won the game if that ball gets caught that Hurts throws into the end zone late, and they just can't <laughs> come down with the catch. They had no right winning that game, but they actually should have won it because they dropped the pass late in the game. As bad as Jalen was for the entire game, if they make the catch in the end zone in the fourth quarter, they end up winning that football game. Yeah. I, I just look at the way uh, – there's going to be so many times we have games like that, and I, and I still think – I, I really don't put this on – in those times where I don't put this on the offense at all this game. I think I look really? at fairly deep. See, yeah. I, 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 now I'm, if I, uh, all right, let's put a percentage. I'll give it to both you guys. Yeah. Because I think, as I said, this was a well-rounded loss. Um, I'm, I still go, I'm with you. I'll go defense more than offense, but I think the offense stunk up the joint except for, um, you know, really, Jalen Hurts and Miles. I thought Miles played well. I thought Jalen. And and by the way, the offensive line. Most of the individual players were okay. But I thought the plan was awful. I thought the plan, the game plan was awful. And that has not been the case with this coaching staff. To me, that was the first time all year the Eagles were significantly, significantly outcoached, um, which was a surprise to me. 
So I'll put all three categories. And if you want to throw special teams in there, make it four. <laughs> but I want to put coaching, offense, defense. What what where would you go? More. Give me percentages. Defense, I'm putting I'm putting 70%. Right. I can't get around that because I really just look at that the way that they were the inability to come off the field. The third down, the third downs is the, I still can't believe at one clip they're clip at one clip they're converting 80% of their third downs. And so they button some of that stuff up. So I put 70% on them. I'll give this. I'll give I'll put 10% on the offense because I think they should have ran the ball more with Sanders. And then 20% I put in special teams because if just imagine if Sipos didn't uh, pull that ball back and punt, yeah, how much more how we're talking him? about as what well. The, too. What the heck was Kayvon Wallace doing on that? Yeah, that's what was not he on doing? Zipos. That's on Wallace for missing Whoa. that block. I don't. I think he made the right play. I think if he tries to, to get the kickoff, I think he gets blocked. I don't get started. I, 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 I mean, I'm in, I'm in my Zen mode right now. Right now, if I start going off Wallace mode right now, like uh, I still don't. I, th- I I think you guys know my feelings about him when it comes to that. I just don't know what he was seeing. I've never seen anything like that. He's personal protective guys right in front of his face. He lets them just waltz into the punter. I, 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 Chris, are you telling us you are to Kayvon Wallace what our buddy Bob Groats is to Bradbury? Are you a hater? Are you a hater? Is that what you're telling us? I never even knew that. You, you've kept that well under wraps, there, buddy. You're you're copping to a crime. I didn't know you had committed. I, I when I look because I look at all the way through camp, and and I was a huge Kayvon Wallace guy. That came in, but I look through all the way through camp. You can't cover an open space. I mean, you look at the Houston Texans. Uh, that, that touchdown gave up against the Houston Texans. It, it, it's tough for the cover. He, he's not a good cover guy. Special teams, he does okay when it comes to covering on tackles. He, he does. I'll give him that. But when you look at that, when you look at some of the decisions he makes, I'm shocked more teams when they use that three safety package. I'm shocked they have teams that go, "Where's forty two? He's right there." Okay, that's whoever's just throw the ball that city. I don't care where he is because you know you're going to get a penalty or you know you're going to get completion. Uh, that's that's where I'm at. Kayvon Wallace <laughs> only played six snaps from scrimmage last night, and he had one of the best tackles of the entire game. Stop the guy. Shockingly, an eagle who stops the guy at the point of attack rather than let him fall forward. Yeah, you're you're being completely unfair to Kayvon Wallace. He's never, <laughs> never going to talk to you again, Franklin, nor should he. With the way never talks to me anyway. The way you're taking him down today. All right, uh, since we won't have you on before the game, we're going to speculate. John and I are going to do this next three days. Is this an eye-opening learn from their lessons loss? Or is this the beginning of the here's the blueprint to beat the Eagles going forward Sunday in Indianapolis? Eagles winning or losing, Franklin. I think they I think the Eagles win. It's going to be a little uncomfortable again. Cause I think Salem Native, I have to since I work for injury.com, you know, I had to point yeah. to Salem native. Yeah. Uh Jonathan Taylor, you know, I think he's gonna he he looks healthier again. I was watching some of that game from last from last week. He he looks like Jonathan Taylor again. And when I look overall, I think some of the little notes that Frank knows about some of these guys, what they don't like and like come into the game plan and it helps out. And yeah. I think the Eagles win, but I think it's gonna be I I, I didn't see the line this morning. I know I got an early email a couple of days ago saying the opening line was line and a half. I would be surprised if it's the Eagles win by like maybe six or seven. Or Fair maybe. enough, Chris. So always a pleasure. And thank you very much for coming on 
after game day, specifically after night games, because we know you got to get up early. But McMullen gets up early, so you can get up early too. It was easy. For me. <laughs> I, was, I was in bed by twelve thirty, so it wasn't all that taxing for me. But th- thank you for getting what up. Time to get to bed, Chris. That's I get up. I went to bed about four thirty. Oh, you're I, I was, me. Oh, I was. I yep. was four twenty-five. I beat you by five minutes. Holy, oh, I get that. Like, I get the, the the film viewing in, and after that, then you walk like a zombie the rest of the day. But hey, it was worth it. <laughs> you guys truly are warriors. I was in bed by twelve thirty. See you later. Bye. Oh, uh, yeah, sorry about that. All Four right, hours. well, get to bed early tonight, Franklin. Thanks for getting up early with us this morning. We'll uh, talk to you next week after the Eagles and the Colts. Hey, nice thanks, guys. Thanks, everyone. Appreciate it. Chris Franklin, NJ.com, uh, and we didn't mention it, of course, inside. Because winter arrived over the last couple of days. Oh, Jake, man, it was Jake chilly. had noticed. Yeah. How cold it was, was it down there uh, at the game last night? Uh, it was it was chilly. Now, luckily, we're in the press box, so we don't feel it. But when I was walking out to the car, it was, it was, it was, yeah, it was, it was eye-opening. And that's why I didn't. Uh, balk that much at the Joey Sly kicks. I'm like, if he's making those kicks in that weather, you know, like I said, I'm tipping my cap to him. That's a a legit concern. A legit concern for the Eagles going forward. They're supposed to be a cold weather team. Now, uh, sometimes that's the case, depending on the roster, and it's just a foregone conclusion. They're a Northeast team. They'll be better when it gets colder later in the year. Except last night when they lost to a team that's uh, housed south of them. Yeah, yeah, I know. Two hours down, I ninety five. By the way, it's basically the same thing. But the the yeah, the Commanders were the better of the two cold weather teams last yeah, night. Yeah, they were. They beat up on them. I I, I have to mention this because your other employer, uh, WIP, already put up the poll, Jody. Should the Eagles fire defensive coordinator Jonathan Gannon? Come on, Gannon people. or the special teams coach? No, Gannon. Oh, I uh, thought they might go Clay. Yeah, but they, I mean, they, they come they, on. They let Gannon out the door yeah. after last night. I mean, come on, people. Let's. I know it's overreaction Tuesday, but they're eight and one. Come on, let's give we'll, some we'll dispensation. Sit here, we'll sit here and we will. Uh, put forth theories like maybe Nicobe Dean could get a couple of snaps. And yeah, that's fine. Three that's defensive. Fine. That that's not quite calling for a guy's no. job. Uh, so it it all comes down to degrees. All right, we got a couple of degrees left on this episode of uh, Birds Three Sixty Five. Come back, help us put a bow in the show. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits go for the stakes and the stakes go to get your parlay on go to get your party on go for the scene go for the screens go for the gallery go for the win go to ocean visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit since 1977 at rafferty subaru we have always been about our customers and the community Early on, a safe and durable option, we've evolved to become the best overall brand according to Kelly Blue Book. Over the last 14 years, we've donated thousands of dollars through the Subaru Share the Love event and found homes for hundreds of pets. The Rafferty family is proud of our 45 years in business. This month, celebrate our anniversary with special financing on select models. Visit us and see why. 
the greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Hi everybody, my name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech we offer three major services. The first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. in over 10 months. All right, now we start to turn the page and look forward to uh, the next game against the Colts on Sunday, the Jeff Saturday-led Colts. I actually was rooting pretty significantly for Saturday last week, and and that's not a knock on Frank Reich, but the whole overreaction to him being a travesty and a joke and a spit in the face of all these other coaches, except he went out and won the game. Um, So sorry, Jeff. Uh, rooted for you for one week that's got to stop this week with the eagles coming into town uh so yeah we worked our way through it and tomorrow we'll uh, continue on do a combo job look back look ahead we've already got our two guests lined up uh mike gill our buddy from down the shore and mike sealski from the inquiry to hop on board so mr mcmullen uh, EJ, I turn- ej smith uh oh ej's my- tomorrow yeah ej's tomorrow okay um, i uh my bad uh that's right it's ej um What's the schedule look like this week? As if the Eagles will give you any advance. Ah, uh, no. We, I know when not, I ask these questions, yeah, 99% of yeah. the time is, sorry, Joe, don't know yet, but I'm hoping against hope you can tell us what they're going to do after a loss like last uh, Sorry, Joe, don't know it. Uh, yeah, uh, they're going to practice uh, tomorrow, um, normal week. So Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. It'll be interesting, you know, to see if they scale back. Uh, I don't think. They will uh, after this game, but you never know with this team. Um, in a short week, and it's good to turn the page, get this one over with, and get right back out there um, against Indianapolis. I think it'll be an outlier. 
Um, I think uh, this is a good football team. Uh, I'm not too wavered uh, in that assessment by that performance because, look, I think they continue, even though we disagreed on could have won the game versus should have won the game, they had plenty of opportunities to win that game despite the fact that they played so poorly. That, to me, is a positive sign. That tells you they put incredible stress even – on the opposition, even when they're playing poorly. I think that when you peel back the onion a little bit, I think that's what I take from this game and say this is still a pretty good football team, despite some of the nitpicking I did, um, which is, you know, there's nothing wrong with it. Um, But I still think they're a good football team. I like your glass half full attitude. You went there, Les Bowen went there as well. Yeah, they can actually learn from this and take the pressure of undefeated off their backs. But the only way that works is if they beat the Colts on Sunday. Now now you got to make that happen. Then you can say, all right, we'll just get back to being the best team in the National Football League. But it's got to start Sunday against the Colts. All right, we'll start it again in uh, just under 24 hours from now. Despite the fact that you don't know what Eagle coverage you're actually going to be able to do, McMullen, because they're not going to tell you. I'm going to ask you right now. You're going to be back with me tomorrow? Yeah, man. I need a nap, but uh, hopefully I get one uh, between now and tomorrow. A well-napped John McMullen will be joining me back here on Birds 365 tomorrow in 2 and 2. You've been listening to Birds 365, the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.